You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you this morning. I've been excited for over a week because I I had to really bite my tongue on Wednesday night big time about three or four times. And uh, uh, reason being is because it's something that's very dear to my heart because about freedom and about liberty, and about, you know, understanding how it is to be free in the Lord. Amen? And, and what does really liberty and freedom and all that stuff actually really mean? Because we know that freedom's not free. We know that it costs a great deal of, of lives to make that. And if you go back to the Revolutionary War, you go back to everything, that we fought for freedom, you know, uh, for nations. We fought for freedom and we know that our freedoms are being taken away piece by piece in, in certain areas. But how many of you know, in the Lord, your freedom can never be taken away? And so if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 8. And, uh, you know, it's always, look at this, it's like, well, what, is, what actually does freedom look like? What does it really look like? You know, we sing songs. You know, one of the, we didn't sing it today, but one of the songs we sing is, you know, we, and we actually did sing part of the words here where you're free to run, you're free to dance, uh, you're free to shout, you're free to do a lot of different things. Uh, but, you know, of course, in that one song I'm thinking of, it also says you're free to live for him. And it's funny, everybody has free to do what they want to do, but nobody really wants to be free to live for him. Amen. You know, because they don't know what that is. They don't have an understanding of what f- true freedom is because they're bound to themselves. Yes. See, when you're not free to do what God wants you to do, you know, that's, what, that's the whole thing about it. So, well, I don't want to do that because I'm, I'm really embarrassed or I don't want to do this because, man, that's going to that's be work. Or I don't want to do that because it's going to cost me something. Amen. Amen. We look at things and we see things. Uh, and so it's a big difference between what the Word of God calls freedom and what the world calls freedom. What the Bible calls liberty than what the world calls liberty. Amen? See, because in the world, I'm free to be me. In the Bible, you ain't free to be you. (laughs) Now that I've got your attention. (laughs) <laughs> in John's gospel, chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him. These are believers. These are the Jews that believed on him. And now these are believing, believing Jews. Okay, they just got... Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him. These are believers. They believed on Jesus. Wait a minute. We're Abraham's seed. We were never in bondage to any man. How do you say that you shall be made free? Jesus answered them. He said, listen, verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, whosoever commits sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen? I'm going to read that to you out of the New Living Translation. It's, you know, and, and it's, it's coherent because, uh, you know, he said this. Jesus said to the people who believed on him or believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
But we are, not, we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And, and a slave is not a permanent member of the family. But a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. There are so many believers, so many Christians in the world right now that are so bound up. And the reason being, they're confessing that they've been set free. There's no more bondage. I've been set free from sin. I'm no more in bondage to these things. The problem is, is that you have not only been set free from, you've been set free too. See, you've been set free from sin. Aren't you glad? Romans 6.14 says, sin shall no longer have dominion over you. You don't have to act ugly like you've been acting. You don't have to yield to your flesh like we, we do. Sin no longer has dominion over. You can't just say, well, that's just my flesh. That's just did it. I, I can't help it. You just lied. You can because if you've got the spirit of God living in you. Amen. See, Jesus knew these guys. He says, we believe on you, Jesus. We believe that you came here. We believe we accept you as our Lord and Savior. They said, well, now I'm going to set you free. Wait a minute. I thought we were free. Got quiet in here. Because we understand some things, and here's the problem, is that we've allowed our culture of the world or the culture around us to water down the truth of the word of God and what God wants to bring to life here because we're afraid, you know, of what we may have to do or what we need to do, you know. Because, see, the culture of the world just says, man, we've got freedom so I can do what I want to do. Did you realize that the whole culture of the world is everybody else can do what they want to do, but you can't do what you want to do because you're a Christian. You can't say what you want to say. You get in trouble. They want to censor your thing if you say Jesus. If they want to censor your thing, if you want to talk about how great God is, don't shout me down. Hallelujah. Y'all okay? We're gonna, it's going to get better. I promise. But, and I want to get to it here. <laughs> See, because it's so funny. Jesus told these disciples right here. He said, listen. Man, if you really want to be free, you got to obey my commandments. If you really want to be free, you got to obey my teachings. If you really want to just be free, I mean, have the freedom to its fullest, there's going to be restrictions. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Aren't you glad that God's smarter than we are? And yielding ourselves, and I'm going to share with you to be free to some things and what it does it mean to be free. What are we free to do? What are we free to do? What rights do we really have? What right? And, and the reason that those rights are so wonderful, that you're really free how to, to do some things that God's called you to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, most of the time, nobody, in fact, if you talk to people in the world or even you know, a lot of Christians, nobody ever puts commandments and freedom in the same sentence. <laughs> and you remember what God said? You remember, it's, 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 it, you know, there are, uh, uh, <laughs> hallelujah. God tells us things, you know. God doesn't suggest. How many of you know God doesn't suggest? It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. <laughs> okay. And uh, uh, why aren't we seeing some of the things that we need to see? And some of the other truths that need to be taking place in, 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 in the world. What needs to be happening, uh, you know, in our lives, you know. 
So in Jesus saying, listen, to truly be free, there's going to be some restrictions because I got to save you from you. Now that you've gotten born again, now I've got to teach you how to walk in this newness of life. See, my whole life is Roman, you know, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, here's the thing, you know, when growing up in church, you know, they're told, don't be conformed to the world, don't be conformed to the world. So you're not doing anything of the world, but nobody told you how to be transformed. Nobody told you that, hey, okay, I got Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Why am I so bound up? Why, why do I get mad? How come I get out here and these words want to come out? <laughs> now, now, you all saints, you never had those words come out. But some of us, you know, we, we were raised in the country, okay? And uh, we learned how to cuss. Uh, you know, we didn't curse, we cussed. And uh, I've had my, you know, mouth washed out with soap and I've been whooped really good. And uh, uh, I've gotten in lots of trouble, you know. Uh, and I didn't want to do that. But like Paul said, I, I did the things that I didn't want to do, I've done. The things that I want to do, I'm not doing. And that's because nobody told me how to be transformed. And nobody told me that, yeah, I'm set free from this. But what am I set free to? Amen? What am I set free to? Because the culture says, well, you're free to be you. And so Jesus said, you've been crucified with me. And you're supposed to be dead. So if you're going to be you, you're dead. So it's no fun to be dead. Come on. Come on. For, y'all, y'all doing okay? See, because here's what happens is you get born again, you taste and see how great God is. It's wonderful. But then you also see and you get to hang around the body of Christ and people bring in this culture. They bring in this attitude. I got a right. I got a right to my opinion. (laughs) See, the reason I'm loving this sermon, it's a good pastoral sermon. It's all just step on your toes, smack you in the face. It's all good stuff. You know, but anyways, hallelujah. No, what happened? We come in that, well, I have a right. I come in with an attitude of like, hey, you know, nobody can tell me what to do. And then we want to take that attitude and try to apply spiritual truths with that. It doesn't work. It, it, it totally wipes out the gospel. It wipes out the gospel. Because as I started to say there in Galatians 2.20, when it says, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, so we, if we are dead and our life is hidden Christ in God, so we're alive in him. Amen. If we're alive in him of what we do and how we handle this. This is, this is what takes place. See, what we're doing, and this is what the Lord just began to deal with my heart. He said, when you do this, we're trying to blend this cultural attitude of, hey, I have this and a spiritual truth together, and we end up with no gospel, no power, no nothing. And we're frustrated because we're thoroughly born again. We thoroughly love God. But we're wondering, why isn't things working in my life? And it's because you've kicked Jesus off the throne and you're sitting there. Or you're sharing it. <sighs> Amen? Now, now, go with me, if you would, to Revelations chapter 2. You say, my gosh, freedom and revelations go together? I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Come on, I'm just getting down. This is the introduction. I'm just getting down to page one. We got, we're doing this. You got to hang with me, all right? And, and I don't have a lot of time because we had communion, okay? So it's good. <laughs> Revelation chapter 2, verse 6. You know, and of course, he's talking to the, the, the church at Ephesus, and he said this to the church at Ephesus. He tells them, and he says, hey, you know, you've left your first love, but he said, and then he gets down, but he, he commends them on this. He says, but this you have, that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And then he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the, of the paradise of God. All right? So he's talking to them and he's talking to what takes place. Now, when it says he hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitan or hate the, you know, the deeds of the Nicolaitans and what takes place, uh, most of us have a thought. I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation because it's good. He said, but this is in your favor. You hate the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. King James says, I hate it also. He says, anyone who hears, who, or anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. The reason I'm quoting this scripture here is because the Nicolaitans, they were the free-spirited, great, oh, this is awesome. You know, they were the ones that were uh, thinking outside the box. They were the ones that said, no, no, it's okay, you can do this. No, no, it's okay for this. It's okay for that. It's okay for this. It's okay for that. Because it came from Nicholas, who was the last, in Acts chapter 6, he was part of those guys that they picked. It's, look out among you, men that are full of the Holy Ghost and have a good report, How do they, and we can, we can trust them, and they're full of wisdom. And it says, Nicholas the proselyte. You know that Nicholas was the only one that wasn't a, a, a Hebrew that was actually part of that group. He was the only Grecian that was part in, brought into that. All the other ones were, you know, full Jews, if you, if you would. They were all in there. They understood. Nicholas, he, uh, he was a proselyte, so he already changed from paganism to Judaism. Then he came from Judaism to Christianity. And so he came into those things. And so being there, it was easy for him. So we get all the way over here to Revelation and everything. So many years later, we got a whole group of people that took after him. And we got a whole group of people that are saying, listen, it's okay. Listen, there's nothing wrong with, with touching this over here. There's nothing wrong with, you know, it's not going to hurt you to be over here and do this. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. And so we, and did you know what Jesus said about that doctrine, about just letting everything's Okay. He said, I hate that. And if you look up that word hate, it ain't nice. It ain't nice at all. You look up that word hate, it's serious. I mean, it's serious, serious. Jesus said, this is a good thing because I hate that. I hate that. I hate when people blend in things from the world and blend it into my gospel and then they don't have any power. They don't have any authority. They don't have any, and they become weak. Because they don't know what they've been called to. They've been set free from. And they're like, oh, we're set free from this. But they don't get to the blessings and the benefits of over here of what we've been called to. Hallelujah. And so but why is because we've allowed all the things of the world to corrupt us. Amen. We've allowed all of these things to, to, to bombard us. So it's like, hey, how do we? And here's the thing about it. See, the, the doctrine of the Nicolaitans or what they were doing was a whole thing. And their famous word was, it's okay you know, they're, you know they're, they're just trying to be legalistic. They're trying to be full of the law or they're trying to do this. You know, it's okay. And it's the doctrine of compromise. Amen. 
You know, folks, we're free. Freedom costs lives. Freedom is not free. Freedom costs the life. Our freedom in Christ costs the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Well, we, we see all this. And I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I am so tired of powerless Christianity. I grew up with powerless Christianity, and I love God with all my heart, and I didn't, nobody told me how I could stand up against the enemy. Nobody told me that I had authority. Nobody told me what I was called to. Nobody told me how I could be transformed. And then when I found that out on my own, when I found that just hungry for God, and I found out, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, glory be to God, changed my life. I got called into the ministry, and I was bound and determined, I am not, I am not, I am not going to make this thing work. You know my story. You know, everybody else, when I graduated from Bible college, everybody got licensed, everybody got ordained, everybody was going out and doing all these great, going to do these things, though they said they were. They all got all the papers, they all got all the titles, and they did nothing. And I told myself, I'm not going to be an ordained shoe salesman. That was, that was my, I don't know why, I didn't even know any shoe salesman, but I thought, I am not going to do that, you know. I said, I'm, and I started, boom, right into full-time ministry. I started out doing things. And people say, well, can you marry me? I said, nope, I can't. I'm not licensed or ordained. Praise God. I don't want to, you know. And it wasn't until four years being in full-time ministry that I felt like, okay, I better get licensed or ordained because now I'm going to become a senior pastor. People probably will need to be getting married and buried. And they were all like, well, what are you doing? I said, because I wanted to prove this out. I had to see this thing work because I'd seen so much people coming and doing. And I seen them defeated. And I see them saying, you know, they get up and testify, I've been set free from sin. But then, you know, 30 seconds later, they're acting like the devil. <sighs> see, because the gospel had got so watered down that it became no gospel at all because there wasn't a difference. And, and, and here's the thing. You've heard me say this three or four times now. We've got to realize there are things that we are free from and there are things that we are free to. Amen? And number one, we're free to live for him. We are free to live for him. Hallelujah. Because it's no longer I that lives. Glory to God. Hallelujah. See, because here's the thing. You won't understand freedom until you're free not to get mad. Until you're free not to have your opinion or give it. I shouldn't say you're going to have it no matter what, but you don't give it. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Hallelujah. Because see, sin no longer has dominion over you. Sin is no longer your master. Hallelujah. See, because we're free from sin, sin's impact upon our life. If we've been set free. Let's talk about because you need to know what you've been. We've been set free from sin. We've been set free from fear. We've been set free from bondages of anything. Man, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. But understanding that freedom is to be set free from ourselves. To do the things that God's called. Because it's such, the fulfillment on you, in you is going to be when you're used by God to be a blessing to others. It is that. There's no greater fulfillment than leading somebody to Jesus. There's no greater fulfillment than praying for somebody. There's no greater fulfillment meeting the needs, doing, being used by God to be a blessing. Hallelujah. And you won't ever be satisfied until you be free to do those things. Amen? Because just like it says, we've been set free from this. But then the Bible says we've been set free to be slaves of righteousness. We've been set free to be a servant of God. Amen. We've been set free to serve him and serving him. 
the sky's the limit. I mean, God does supernatural things in our life. But what does it mean to be a slave to righteousness? It means you have a right, hallelujah, to be in right standing with God, to hear what God has to say, and to bring life to those that come around you. You have a right to bring peace. You have a right to bring joy. You have a right, hallelujah, to bring healing. Now, because you lay hands on the sick and they shower, you've got a right to be used by God. You've got a right to be a child of God. You've got a right to stand strong. Amen. You've got a right. You've got a right to speak forth truth. You've got a right to speak forth. Here are these, these, these disciples. He got born again. They believed on Jesus. He said, okay, now here's what's going to happen. Let me set you really free. Come on, come on. We're Jew. We don't need any. Yes, you do. You need to set, be set free from you. Because you're going to think, well, I'm a Jew. God loved me. He, he, he needed to save me. I, he needed me. I don't know about you, but God has not needed me. Even though in one sense of the word, he does need me to be on earth to do what he needs me to do. But glory to God. Uh, he didn't, he could, if I wasn't going to work, he could find somebody else. You know that? And when you live consecrated and dedicated to the Lord, things change. Because then your conscience is void of offense. Man, you lay down at night, you go to sleep, not thinking, okay, who did I lie to today? What do I have to tell tomorrow? <laughs> go back to go to Romans chapter six. Hallelujah! I'm having way too much fun, huh? I told you it's a great pastoral message. This is going to be good. I mean, they're going to hate me or they're going to love me. One of the two. You know, may not never come back, but it's out there. It's out on there. Everybody can go see it. It's all good. <clears throat> I'm going to read you out of the New Living Translation. It's Romans six sixteen and eighteen. It says, "Don't you realize that you've become." the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God once you were slaves to sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey his, you who wholeheartedly obey his teachings, we have given you, now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living or become a slave to righteousness, you know. And here's the thing about it. When you become a slave to righteousness, then you begin to understand Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Paul's writing to the Romans. He's saying, listen, he tells them all this thing. I mean, Romans 6 and 7 is tough at times, but Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation. Verse one, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse two is the, one of the greatest verses in my life. I love it. You know, I mean, I've got a lot of verses, but it's one of my, it says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And how do you know that when you've been set free, he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And what it does, it brings freedom on the inside of you to do what God's called you to do. Isn't it amazing that the, the Apostle Paul was in prison for most of his life, and not one time did he say, I'm a prisoner of Rome. He said, I'm a prisoner of the Lord. He just figured out his steps for order of the Lord. He wrote all of these letters. He wrote all these things they were doing. And he, he never one time did he let prison get in him. And we, what we do is what we have to understand. See, to be free is to know that, wait a minute, for me to live, hallelujah, is for Christ to live in me. 
Hallelujah. No matter what circumstance, no matter what I'm doing, Christ is going to live through me. I have a right to shine forth Christ. I have a right, hallelujah, to declare. I don't have a right for my own opinion. I don't have a right to try to, to get my own rights or my own things. What? Because love doesn't do that. Love doesn't insist on its own rights or its own ways. See, I've been free to be set free to have to have. Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> See, I am free to say, your will be done, not mine. I am free to be happy when you don't think I have a right to be happy. I am free to have joy when you don't think it's a good time for joy. I have a right how to, to do something nice or to be a blessing when you don't think that that's right. I have a right to be like the guy that hired everybody during the morning and then went out in the noonday and then went out in the afternoon and then went out the last hour and then he, he paid everybody the same. I have a right. Why? Because I have a right to bless. It's mine to bless. I have a right to meet the needs. I have a right to let God use me to do these things. Amen. I've been set free from sin. I've been set free from fear. I've been set free from bondages to be like the world and to think I've got to act like the world. Yeah, but what about me? God has done so much more for me by, by sowing than by saving. I knew that'd go over real big. It always does because that just hits everybody and gets everybody nervous. Did you ever go into a situation? I remember I, 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 all these pastors when I was in Pittsburgh and I was always trying to get them to do something. Nobody would. I said, listen, guys, I'm going to have a pastor's meeting. I'm going to invite you all out for lunch and I'm buying. Okay. So we went to this, it was called the Red Bull Inn. It was a really nice inn. It was a really nice thing. You'd get a really nice lunch, you know, an expensive place. So I'd invite them all. We'd have fellowship. We'd have, pretty soon, it, the word gets out. You know, preachers like to eat. So, so 60 of them show up. So once a month, I'm, I'm buying 60 guys, you know, and I've got a church in the inner city. I've got a church that nobody wants. I've got a church that nobody's going to be around. And, nobody wants, and, and I'm, I'm there, and all these guys are in the suburbs. They're all this, and they're all, you know, we're all connected, you know. So uh, one of the guys looked at him to me, and he says, he said, I've noticed. He said, you, you, you got the, your church is in the worst part of town. Now, it's, it's good size and everything, but your, your church, you know, I mean, there's no way you should be doing this. Because, you, you know, naming off all these other guys, I said, yeah, but they won't. They're not, you know, they ain't going to give you anything, you know. I said, but he goes, but I've noticed about you. He says, you are always blessed. God is always doing things. Things are always happening in your life. I said, of course. Of course, because God told me to do that. God, God did this. And, of course, I had Brother Summerall come. I had Brother Hagen come. I had all these guests. I, I had all these people come. and said, how you get them? You're in the inner city. I said, because... I'm sowing, I'm giving, I'm doing, and God honors all that. And of course, their big question was, how can you do that? So then when I came here, I started things, I started doing things. And a pastor friend of mine here, he said, no, 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 I'm doing it now. He said, I see you. I see what God did already in your life. I'm going to get in on this. I said, yeah, you can. It's all right. And then God started blessing him. He said, man, you, I said, well, you know, the key is, is when you get stingy and you don't let God bless you, you don't let God show you things. Now, you just don't go doing things just to do things to try to show off. If you're showing off, then you're going to, you know, if you order it, you get to pay the bill. You know, how I mean, you know, for 60 people, you know, even at $10 a piece is $600. 
There was more than that all the time. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but it opened a door. It opened a door so that we could do things. It opened doors. It opened things. And the reason I share that with you is because God's done so much more by sowing than he did by saving. doesn't mean you don't sow. But what I'm saying is that when you have that heart and you have that attitude, I'm free to be a blessing. Because everything I own, God owns. It's not mine. I'm a steward. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, 1 Peter 2, verse 16 in the New Living says this. He says, for you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. (laughs) Hey, I like that verse. Because a lot of people, they use their freedom. Well, I just can do that. I can do this. I can do this. You know, hallelujah. That verse was 1 Peter 2, 16 in the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. And then Galatians 5.13 says this. It says, you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Man, aren't you glad we've been called to live in freedom? He said, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. See, because the ultimate thing is to understand, when you understand that you've been called to do one, one thing, you've been called to serve God. You've been called to be his child. It's no longer, you've been called. Let me just try to wrap this thing and bring it back into this because true freedom is such a joy to know that God's got you. And because of your obedience to his word and your obedience to his, 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 what he's told you to do and you're being obedient to it, hallelujah, you know that God's gonna hold you and so that you don't have any fear because fear swallowed up in perfect love because God loves you. And your true freedom is, is that when God says, oh, I need you to do this, I want you to help this, but I want you to do this, you don't look at your checkbook. You don't look at this. You don't, or you don't look at your time. I don't have time. That's going to be time. Amen? I don't have time. I mean, that's one of my biggest things. I don't have time. And the Lord, Lord says, you don't have time for doing what I ask you to do? And then he reminds me, that ain't me. That ain't me. That ain't me. You're doing this. You're doing that. That ain't me. That ain't me. And I say, uh, yes, sir. I got time. I got all the time in the world. (laughs) I mean, come on, who's more important? (laughs) Isn't it more important to honor God and and to know that you obey God, even though other people don't like you, even though there might be other people upset at you or or those kind of things there? Hallelujah. But you honored God. And see, God's calling us out. Listen, God's calling us where so many of us, like I said before, these were, these were believers in, in John chapter 8. But he said, you don't understand. You're not set free yet. And so many Christians are because what happens is we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And then we say, okay, Lord, come with me and let's do my life. The problem is, is that you're, he's, he's the one. You're telling him you're just doing life and wanting him to bless what you're doing. And see, God never, never intended that. Never intended that. When you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were supposed to die. So why do you still have an opinion? See, if you're going to have an opinion or you want to find out where your brain is, you need to get the Word of God, okay? You need to find out where you're at. But here's the thing, not that we're, we're talking spiritual land. We're talking that when you yield yourself to God and say, God, I want to do what you would have me to do. And touch the lives of my family, the lives of everybody around me. What am I supposed to do? See, some, most people think if they give that commitment, that dedication, God's going to tell them, oh, quit your job, do that. I'm going to send you to Africa or the jungles in there. I'm going to send you to China. 
He, you know, most of the time he never does that because he knows you won't go anyways. <laughs> Amen. And, and if God does call you to do that, you will never be satisfied, never be happy doing anything else. You will never be happy doing anything else. You will never want to do anything else. Hallelujah. But see, and you'll be, you'll be the most happiest when you're, you're, you're in a place where God's called you. I mean, cause, listen, most of us, we could not survive on the food that they eat in those countries, okay? Most of you would be like, oh my gosh, what is that? There's something swimming in that sucker. What are you going to do here? This is good. Just pray. I've had that. I've seen that. You know, we were in a really fancy restaurant in Indonesia and they brought out this thing and I looked at it and I said, that looks like chicken's feet and chicken's beaks and the tops of the chickens deep fried. And it is. And it was. That was our appetizer. It's a nice restaurant. And everybody just dug in. They were like, woohoo! And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> it's a difference. There's a difference. So I think I'm fasted today. So no, I gotta. <laughs> Amen. You know, let's stop trying to think how much we can be like the world. Let's stop thinking how much we can try to get in common with the culture. Our culture right now is, is nuts. Our culture right now, you need to throw it out. It is, it is the most crazy, crazy. Every, I mean, it, literally, we are in that day of when uh, good is spoken of as evil and evil is spoken of as good. And we're in that day that, uh, you know, when you do right thing. It's such an amazing thing. Uh, you know, I, and I'll use this as an example, too. You know, just, it's just my nature. I was trained this way growing up, but it's just my nature. I opened the door for everybody. I opened the door no matter what. And I remember opening the door and a lady screaming at me. say, what are you doing? I don't need you to do that. And I'm like, it's not about you. She, and she just stopped. She's looking, huh? I said, not about you. This is all about me. This is what I do. Anybody, I mean, but this is what I do. This is me. And she goes, oh, really? I said, yeah, it's all about me. I said, I can't be. I said, what I am. It's not because your arm's broke. It's not because you can't. It's just who I am. Amen. And she's like, oh, thank you. She did. After yelling at me for opening the door. I said, you're welcome. Go ahead. The funny thing about it is I got in contact with her again. And she let me open the door. In fact, she waited. She wanted me to be me. So it's good. And I was fine with it. I didn't bother me. See, because here's the thing. I tried this. I, I did this, you know, I did this, you know, as a pastor, you know, you have to, you have to walk in love. I mean, I, 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 me and the Lord have had lots of really good conversations. I said, Lord, why do I have to walk in love? Why can't I get mad? Why can't I just tell that person off? They need it. Why can't I hit them? I know you never die, but you shouldn't say that. No, but you know, there's just some times where people think, you know what, Lord, I think this per- the spirit of slap needs to come on me. And it has come on me. And we can do this together. You know, we have these old, and you know, you don't ever confess this with, you know, it's after you already dealt with, you're all good. But then you're going through it, you're like, Lord, I don't think the only thing this guy's going to, or this person's going to need, I just need to beat nine devils out of them, and then I'll cast the last one out. That would make me feel a whole lot better. 
But you know, the Lord never let me do that. And, you know, all the time I said, Lord, why do I have to walk in love? Why do I, you know, why? He said, because you know. Because you know the truth. And you've been set free. And his biggest thing is, why do you want to go back into bondage? Why do you want to go back in letting your flesh dominate you? Why do you want to go back? Because you know one fit of carnality can ruin you. And it could. Amen? It can destroy your life. It can. You know. And here's what he said. He said, thinking, you know, if you think freedom is doing whatever you want to do, you're going to never be satisfied in your life. But you'll always be satisfied if you know that you've done what I've asked you to do. You know you've reacted the way I wanted you to react. Then you're fine. It doesn't matter if people criticize you, if people hate you, if people do that. Because you know you've done what I've asked you to do. And you walk in peace. And you walk in the peace of God. Hallelujah. And when you understand that, praise God, then you're truly, truly free. And the last verse, and we'll close on this. And this is, you know, what we're saying today. And this is 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7, verse 17. It says, For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had the veil removed, all of us who have been born again, all of us who have had the veil removed, we can see and we can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We are growing in the grace of God. We are becoming more and more like the Lord Jesus Christ so the world can see how great God loves them. And they need to see that. They need to see the church be in the church. And we, so we need to stop fussing and fighting and arguing about all kinds of crazy things. All right? Now listen, whatever you want to do out there, and you do things, but you need to guard your heart because all it does is mess up your soul. But then you're free to say, you know, this is what the Word of God... And people, are gonna, and people are going to get more mad about you by you using the Word of God and saying what God says. They're going to attack. And you just smile and say, doesn't that bother you? You ever had somebody tell you off and you just smile? And most of you don't do that. But it, it, oh, you just got told. Said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. They just need to let off steam. I said, yeah, but they, they, they totally disagree with you. I said, yeah, I totally disagree with them. Yeah, but they're all, I said, and you're not even upset. Doesn't it bother you that this person's talking about you? Doesn't this bother you? I mean, like, you know, I've been lied about coast to coast. I've been written about in books. You can go find it. And what did you get written about? Because I love Jesus. Amen. It's true. Hallelujah. I mean, we had newscasters come to our church and find out what was going on and everything else in Pittsburgh. Did a whole documentary. And, uh, you know, uh, to try to discredit or do. Listen, your pastor has been through, I've been to hell and back three times. I'm having fun. Okay. (laughs) And I've died. And since I'm dead, it's okay. I live in God and I love him. And, you know, the funny thing about it, and I've had people, put, you know, in this particular situation, somebody says, you know, they're saying you're going to die in your pulpit. They're saying this. They've written letters to every person in your church. They've done this. They're trying to say this. And you're not, you, you're just going on like ain't nothing happening. You're just going on like everything's fine. I said, aren't you going to defend yourself? I said, how can I defend myself if I've never done anything wrong in that situation? Because I've done a lot of things wrong. And other if I was guilty, I'd defend myself. I'd say, yeah, I messed up. I'd just ask God to forgive me. Ask the car again. I have no problem doing that. But if I'm not wrong and I haven't done anything wrong, in fact, I've done more than was required. And I'm not bragging on me. Me and God had some knockdown, drag out fights over this. He just won every time. 
You should see me in my prayer closet. You should see me. We, that's why sometimes we got to walk. Because me and God, we got to walk. We got to deal with some things, okay? Amen? But when you yield to God, when you know to be truly free, and you know what? God turned that whole situation around. Hallelujah. We support that ministry today that said I was going to die. See, that made all of you nervous too. <laughs> Have for years. See, when you do what God says do, you'll always do right. That same person, I supported his family for three years to make sure he'd live and not die. So if you look at this and you go, well, that, no, I'm not bragging on me, not at all, because my flesh, oh gosh. I had to stay almost totally, I mean, I'd stay in the spirit lots of times. So when the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, be drunk with the spirit. And, man, I, and I don't drink, don't eat that stuff, so it's like I had to do something. So you stay full of the Holy Ghost. But God, but God, and the key thing is, is that God saw it, God rewarded, God did it. And I'm still alive today, still doing, going strong and allowing God to be God. You see, when you look at this, but see, when you're truly free to be free, you know you did what, and the funny thing about it, everybody that said that, they said, man, you're right. Gosh, look at this. I said, yeah. And they, they all came, they said, well, he's, I said, yeah. I said, well, we're going to pray for him. We're not going to judge. We're not going to, we're going to pray for him. See, that's hard to do, but that's God. That's Christianity. Because God still wants to use people, even when they're sincerely wrong, even when they do mean things. You see, one of the greatest things, and when you do what God says to do, guess what? Is that you allow people to change. You allow people to make mistakes, and you allow people to to repent and come back, and God is able to use them. Isn't it funny? The greatest people that you follow today... (laughs) Every one of them missed it at least one time or another. <sighs> Hallelujah. I've been around long enough. I remember when they all missed it. But God has his hand on them. And God's using them greatly. And I appreciate that. Aren't you glad that God, just because you messed up, that you're not through, God has his hand on you? Amen. Amen. But see, true freedom is to do what God says to do. Because then you go, I just obeyed God. And people get messy, yeah, but I just had to obey God. Whoa. No, I had to obey God. I just said, this is what God said to do. So this is what we're doing. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. Lord, I just thank you for true freedom. That as we celebrate the 4th of July, we celebrate our freedom as a nation. Thank you, Father. Every day we celebrate our freedom as Christians. We celebrate our freedom in Christ. We celebrate that we have the right to live holy and to live righteously and to live in line with your word. We have the right to declare. We have a right to be happy. We have a right for joy and peace. Hallelujah. And yes, we have to crucify our flesh. But we've been crucified with you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for these that are here. Thank you for those that are watching. Lord, my heart's cry is that we would just in turn be like those this. Those Jews that were right there with Jesus, they got born again. But then Jesus said, hey, guess what? You're going to know the truth. The truth's going to set you free. He said, well, what do you mean know the we're, 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 not, we're not bound. We're Jews. We got all this. He said, no, no, no. He whom the Son sets free is free. He said, you're a slave to sin. Thank God we're no longer a slave to sin. We no longer have to get angry. Father, we can even get angry, but we can sin not in that. We can have righteous anger. But we can declare the truth. And so, Lord, thank you for every person that's here. Thank you as they celebrate freedom of our nation. Let them be reminded to celebrate that they're free to be an answer to somebody's prayer. They are free to be your servant, Lord. They're free, hallelujah, to be servants of righteousness. 
Hallelujah. So Lord, thank you. We are, we make a dedication and a commitment to you to honor you. We love you. We praise you for it. Father, this is the body of Christ this morning. I've shared as a pastor in a pastoral message. But if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if there's anybody here that really they know they're all bound up and they know they really don't know the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ as being their Lord and their Savior, they, they, they may have even said that and, and asked Him to be that, but they're still bound. Father, my heart is for them to be set free this morning. My heart is for every one of us to be set free this morning. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you're here and say, man, I just need to be free this morning. I need to know that he whom the Son sets free is free, that I can believe and accept him as my Lord, my Savior. And so if you're here, just raise your hand real high, and I'll pray with you. In fact, all of us, let's just all stand up. Everybody just stand up. Just stand up. Hallelujah. Makes it easier if somebody wants to get out and to come down. I'm going to do something a little different this morning. We're free. And we're not afraid. Hallelujah. And we're not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed. I'm so glad that I obeyed God. Amen. It makes for great stories. It makes for great truths. But I'm so glad when we are obedient. If you're here and Jesus Christ is tugging on your heart, the Holy Spirit's tugging on you, just come on down front here and I'll pray with you. I'm the only going to take a moment. I'm not going to do anything, but if you're here and you really mean business, let's, let's get you free this morning. Truly free. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. We may all be be saved. That's why I said I knew I was going to teach on a, a pastoral message. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I just thank you, Father. Oh, we just honor you and love you and praise you. And thank you for the freedom that you have in Christ. Father, we honor you and glorify you because like Jesus said, you'll know the truth. And the truth when we proclaim Jesus as our Lord, as our Savior, which we have. But thank you, Father God, for the truth that his promises are yes and amen in every area of our life. Lord, I just thank you and praise you as I join hands with my sister, which I know it is. Father, I thank you. Hallelujah, that the lies of the enemy will cease. And that your truth, your word has free course in her life. Thank you, Father, as we call upon the name of the Lord. He's the one. And that word salvation is an all-inclusive word. It does all things. So I just thank you, Father, that you're opening her eyes to see. Hallelujah. Even more and more truth. More and more. And Father, thank you for the healing power of God that flows into her in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for that. I thank you, Father God, the work that you've begun in her, you're going to complete until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And I thank you for it now, Jesus. Amen.